It's uh, amazing the ground that I, our people can cover in 15 to 20 seconds, so we'll, we'll yield that a little bit here this morning. Uh, let's stand together. Don't you uh, love these times when they're impacted with all kinds of wonderful conflict, difficulty, joy, anticipation, you know, beyond our conception to understand. I mean, uh, you, you look at some of these folks who are frequently, I'm not pointing on anybody today there, but when they're headed for a, a significant encounter, uh, it's amazing how unaware uh, we were of the cost and uh, the wonder of what it's all about. Get my meaning? Yes. Thanks. Okay. Let's, <laughs> uh, 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 when you're ever in doubt, uh, when the disciples said, Lord, uh, teach us to pray. Um, he did. And let's say it together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we're trying to find the presence of the Lord. And you know, I know, I believe one thing that gets us there in a hurry is a thankful heart and a heart of worship. Uh, if you read through some stories in the Bible, uh, you find that those who have a thankful heart and those who worship the Lord find His presence very quickly. Uh, and you often are able to bypass some of the things the enemy would like to grab you with uh, when, you, when you have a heart of worship. So. Uh, we have an opportunity this morning to have a heart of worship and thanksgiving and find yeah. His presence uh, bypassing the snares of the enemy. Amen? Or maybe getting out of them if we found ourselves in them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll rejoice in you. I will rejoice in you.
through our battles, the best way is to praise. And we've an exciting week ahead of us. So a lot to praise about. So here are the words. We bless your name. No, you're not bringing a song this morning. I only have a few left, but we're learning.
I remember uh, years ago, uh, Bethany had been speaking at uh, uh, Eagles Ridge. They had a youth meeting there. And she said, you know, uh, it's, it's not a bad thing for you to commit yourself uh, every week or, you know, and uh, it, it was a great idea, but because of where we were, we had not the understanding that's here this morning regarding the offering. Because it's, uh, <laughs> it's every moment, it's every, certainly every day that we get up and, and if that hasn't become a part of your life, it should because um, <laughs> it's the purpose of God that we grow in Him. I'm going to read something that, uh, that I've said some of these things and I, I believe them. But uh, we have to be reminded, because I'm going to say this probably a couple of times, <clears throat> the God of this world hates the sons. And he hates the fact that you know that you've been born from above and you have the backing of Almighty God and that you are sourced completely for the purpose of God and you're really a dangerous person, but the enemy would like to make you kind of a semi-committed noodle uh, who wants to keep going around in the good things that we've known. Because the church largely is inflamed with all of the wonder. And this is why Paul said in Hebrews 6, leaving these things behind. Not that they were going to be totally uh, uh, gone, but they, they were going to uh, be left behind because we need to grow up and not just hang on to the security of, what, of being born again, of prophecy, of gifts, of wonderful praise, of the, the uh, multiple gifts that God has given. Because largely, the Church International is fixed on a merry-go-round of wonderful, wonderful things that keep them happy, contented, but not mature. And that those are shocking things because, uh, you know, the, I, John Miller uh, called me and he wanted to know some things and he just couldn't say enough about our praise and about how wonderful it was and how they had sunk into some level of oblivion and uh, in the walk. And uh, he was thankful to you, Gabe, and to others and to what he's heard. And he said, when I hear it, it brings me right back to where we had been. But I want you to hear this. And especially, I want the seniors 
to write this down, and I, I, I'm going to check you out on this, see, juniors and seniors, okay? Because there's a tendency, because you have to take notes that you, you know, maybe scratch something out. But uh, I, I really think it's important for you uh, to know, because a great deal has been said about the tribulation, and you'll hear about it, and the terrible days we're in and all that. But I want you to, to know this, because I believe it's from God. Uh, you can put a question mark, you don't have to totally buy it, but the greatest tribulation that's ever gone on, it's going on with you and with me as we are being processed to grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. There's no greater test on the earth than the one you're going through if you get up and leave some of the things behind. And there, I know there are young people here who haven't even caught up with some of the good things that need to be left. Not thrown away. Okay? Get that. But understanding that you are standing in a place and you're heirs of the world. And I thought Sam was very clear the other day when, when he made the point that uh, the human soul can't conceive of the things that God has promised that we have been given. And, and we could get so inured, so fat and sassy, so uh, indifferent. And, and the enemy comes at you every day to degrade, and he has evidence on it. Because God knew this from the beginning, and I thought what you said God is not thinking, oh my goodness, Adam fell, what am I going to do? Adam didn't fall, he was fixed to fail, okay? So listen to this. I didn't write it, I like it. And you need to hear it once in a while. We are called with a great calling, we are called into the fellowship of God's Son, called to a great life into a living relationship with God himself. You know, sometimes when I feel like, you know, my head is spiraling and I can't get it. I, I, uh, I said to David the other day, I, I'm sorry we don't have ants up here. I mean, I think we do sometimes, but I look down on a little pea ant and uh, I say, well, Bill, there you go. <laughs> uh, and that's not even small enough to compare with the exactitude and the far-reaching wonder of what God has planned for you. Every one of you. We are absolutely in the hands of a God who will never let us go. We can lose traction. We can, you know, paralyze ourselves in the mirror. You know, so, you know, even, even at, 
in my 80s, I said, well, you know, not too bad for an 80-year-old. Uh, we, we love the mirror, and it paralyzes us because uh, it, uh, it's a reflection of us, and the very nature of our relationship with God is to do everything we can to drop the self, you know? And when I hear someone giving a personal commercial, then I, I reflect on myself, has, is that what I'm doing here, or is that, if that's what this is all about, you know? Uh, I fasted and prayed and did, uh, what was it about? But going on with this, it says, it is the greatest work into which man has ever been called. Workers together with God, God's fellow workers. All of us are called into an eternal, heavenly, and universal vocation. And yet the fact remains that neither you nor I nor any man can breathe the first breath of life or take the first step in that vocation without the Holy Spirit. And every subsequent breath, every subsequent step is an utter and entire dependence on the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say it again for the seniors who may not have gotten it. The greatest tribulation on the earth is a personal, individual tribulation of you and of me being processed by the Spirit of God to become servants of God. Uh, do you remember when, uh, when the disciples uh, came to Jesus? Uh, well, let me give you the context if you want to glance at it. I'm going to try to move very fast through here. Uh, at, go to Luke 17, and I'll move as rapidly because I'm going to treat um, this group with a great deal of respect because you've been under, most of you, under the Bible for a long time. And the younger people, you know, God understands that, and he will give you mercy. And I've got to say this, I see it all the time. The, the, we have wonderful fathers here. Uh, they really are, um, I forget who said it the other day, one of them said, one of the greatest things that I've heard is God judges with his eyelids. And, and I thought, isn't that true? He doesn't always nail you for what you've done. He lets you find out that the burner was too hot, the uh, picture was not what you should be looking at, the game that major life was really not all that, especially if your team lost. But, uh, but the issue, the issue is, it's tribulation. And it's not exciting until ex post facto, until after it's over, when it's over. And you have died to your way. And I thought, I forget who said this, I, 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 think, I think Janelle said it, that just because you suffer, just because you're hurt, just you, because you go through sickness and difficulty doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to grow out of that. 
If you offer yourself and say, God, whatever it costs, whatever the way, I, I'm with you. That's a different thing entirely because you're in concert with God. Okay, uh, let's look at that passage there because in all this, and I think about it and, and, and when I travel and when I uh, get on Zoom and, and my uh, whatever years I've been involved in this, and I've said this here, the hardest thing to believe is that you have this kind of funding, this kind of bank account, this kind of godly help, this sureness of confidence that you can live in. Everyone wants, and the spirit is really helpful, the, the dark spirits, the angels of darkness, to tell you that you'll never make it, you're not worth it, and you have left God, you don't care enough. And every one of us have not cared enough. We've sinned with both hands, we have come into an, a time like we had this morning when the anointing was so clear and the showers of God were there and we still served ourselves. Somebody say how embarrassing, but it's true. Okay, here it is. And I, you need to be very tender with your spirit as you go forward, because God is not going to stop and he will not go. This is not a forced march. It's a love relationship. You know, we've had 55 marriages. I don't remember any of the fathers, relatives, uh, myself, elders, getting a girl by the hair and saying, honey, you get down here, You're, it's time for you to get married. You know. They always walk, it's free, you know. And sometimes I've wondered if sometimes down the aisle, some woman would say, you know, I don't think so, and go the other way. We'd still love her, wouldn't we? Uh, we would be, we'd be kind of hurt, and we'd, we'd kind of look at the husband-to-be that wasn't, you know. And that's the great thing about community, we see these things, and we're uh, terrible people at times. We want to get them. And God's whole purpose is he started the thing and it's put the world with great arms and great <coughs> care to say, I love you with an everlasting love. And my mercy and grace is for you. And by the way, it's there in the beginning. You don't do anything to earn it. There will come a time when he will say worthy because you died on the way one day, another day, another week, another year. And so we don't know where anybody is fully in this, but it doesn't take long for us to watch the life and see if it's talk or if it's the real deal. But please forgive yourself. There have been ministry that I have heard who will remain unnamed, who said, it's very easy to forgive yourself. And if you ever hear that, 
You, you should have the guts to say, boo. It would be helpful. It would be better than your amens. Because it's a filthy thing. The most difficult thing you and I have to do is to believe the grandiose thing that, that we with Abraham are children of God. For sure. No, some of us may arrive in diapers. Some of us may arrive as juveniles. But the intent is for us to grow to the fullness of Christ. And without you forgiving yourself and being delicate with this, I mean, I know why people have said that. Because they just shuck off and they get hard. They get hard about their own darkness. But God has funded you with forgiveness from the start. Anyway, take heed to yourself if thy brother trespass against thee, verse 3 of Luke 17, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. If he trespasses against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said, wow, we need help. Did they not? Sure. Would you increase our faith? <laughs> that was subtle. I don't know who said it. Uh, but <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, whatever it was, then he said this. And read the rest of it. I don't, I don't want to, you know, knock you over with a, a lot of scripture. But you, you, you at least need to know that, uh, <laughs> that he, was, he was telling them that they were under the law. And if they had a little bit of faith, they could move mountains. And... Um, and then he told them to serve. And I thought about that. This has been on my head for a long time. I went into the convention with it, and, and I'm, I was thinking, you know, to what degree uh, is it really the answer? But you, you can't walk with God and offer yourself every day and not end up a servant. I, when I drove through the, what's the name of our little um, uh, get across the river program, what's it called? Deuce. Mm. The Deuce. I don't know why they called it Deuce. That's just two. It should have been you know, the millionth or something. But we, we got up out of the water and I didn't know if that thing was going to turn over or what it was going to do out there because I hadn't been across over and over. And I looked and I saw some of the veterans who were working and I thought, it, and my heart was really uh, touched by them being out there and serving. And you look around and you see the people who serve and don't say anything. They don't say, 
You know, we, we, we used to say, and here is Nancy's seven-layer cookies. And after a while, we thought maybe that wasn't really uh, what we should do. But you don't have any trouble now knowing who cares. You know, sometimes you say, would you not care for me so much? Give me room. But the, the circumstance, and, and before, before you can really trust God and believe the enormous embellishment and funding, I mean, I have no idea with the little, uh, I mean, it, to me it was a big deal. But when, when my father told me he had, my natural father told me about uh, the inheritance, I just said, oh, well, yeah. I didn't know what he had. I had no idea. But, okay, what is it? What do I want? I mean, because he was, he was prepared. He, he prepared to die, I don't know how many days before he did. And it's not a bad idea, because if you prepare to die every day, and you pretend that every day is your day of death, one of these times you're gonna be right. <laughs> so, didn't make a mistake, I got that one right. But the, the disciples were told, serve me. Serve me, okay? And then, and it ends up, you know, in verse, uh, the, the last verse there. Make ready wherewith I may sup, and this is Jesus talking, and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. And you know, we don't like that. The enemy gives it to us up front. You want that girl? Take her. You want that money? Take it. You want this uh, increase in this? Take it. It's yours. He gives you most of the stuff right up front. And we love that. We don't like waiting. I'm, I'm sure I would be in the top two or three in any major city who didn't like to wait. But <laughs> pregnant mothers don't like to wait. They do. They have to. Someone says, well, I think that, I mean, I hear it all the time. You know, we could do a lottery around here because nobody's that accurate about when that child's gonna come. I mean, there may be some mothers who have been, right? You ever seen them? After a while, they, they adjust. You know, you've heard me say it, I, this idea of a, a male gynecologist, I don't know why anybody would trust a male to help you get the baby. I have no idea what you're going through. Oh, yes, 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 I do. I, I had a sprained ankle once, you know. No understanding. All right. So God makes you a servant because you're not going to, your faith will not increase until you have made that determination that the purpose of God and the connection that you have as being yoked to the Father is to be a servant. That's the purpose. And when you serve, 
And, and, and let's look at it. Um, uh, uh, let's, let's look at Romans 4.13 quickly. And I'm going to go through this so we have some of the Saturday left. Somebody mumbles, I promise that, but it's, uh, anyway. In verse 13, it says of, of Romans 4, the promise that he, and we're talking about Abraham, that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Okay? For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise of no effect, because the law worketh wrath. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, verse 16, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not <laughs> to that only which is of the law, but to also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, you're the seed of Abraham, not by birth, but because you believe. And the most difficult thing you will have, and I have, is when I leave the things behind, the pain, the pain of not knowing becomes a trust if I'll continue to offer in the middle of whatever difficulty is there. And, you know, David said this the other day in his message, and it's an important one, how you doing with it? Now, if we were gonna really, you know, search out and we're not, we would say things like, uh, how's your daily offering going? Do you go weeks with, without that? It's, are you giving yourself, do you really believe that God has given you the capacity to face any trial that he has for you? Because I'll say this to you, please understand this, you need to get a hold of this. He is not going to ever give you anything and, and not be with you to bring you through it if you're trusting. Somebody needed to say amen there. And because we have people here this morning and all over the globe, I, you know, I've stopped giving long lists of all the need. Uh, Sister Vicki, we were laughing about whether she'd be there during, I want you to come down, and she was going back and forth whether she'd be alive, and I said, well, dead or alive, I'm coming in. Uh, we laughed. Because we know, and I've come to a place, and please, I know I'll be tested on this one. There is no death. Jesus tasted death for all mankind. Okay? Doesn't mean there isn't pain in it. I miss Jack. You know, I wanted to, if he were around, I'd shake him and said, why did you stare at me that way, Jack? I didn't know what you were thinking. I wanted to know. You know? I'd shake Stevens, too, and say, you know how much I loved you? And I, uh, forgive me for being a crusader against you. I know that 
even as nasty and as filthy and as the hellhole that you went into, the mercy and the God that you knew was there to still work with you on which side or either side you were on. All right. Verse 19. Uh, you, you, you know when... Uh, You know, when, when uh, he was about a hundred years old, when, when the son came through, wasn't he? You know any hundred-year-olds that have been spawning children? Anybody? Any research have you done on that? You know? I mean, huh? What? I, what? Yeah, I know. I mean, but I just thought one was enough for me to say, wow, wow. And, uh, and he, he was tested. When God said to him, take your son, before he did that, he had to let go. He had two sons. I mean, if God had waited and he said, take thy son, thy only son, well, Ishmael was still around. He had to go. Because he was a son of what? Somebody say it. Yeah. Which is what? Absolutely. And anything of the flesh cannot please God. This is one of the reasons we have to kind of handle lightly. You know, all the wonderful things that we can accomplish here in the natural. Very hard test. Uh, our, our men, our accountants, our secretaries, all of us, to see the absolute flow of finance, of strength, of continuity, connections, those things, uh, the natural ones, we, we have to say, dear God, help us to not prize that. It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Folks, get on that. If you're not fully persuaded, tell God you're not. Don't pretend. Don't try to give some unction that isn't there. Tell him that you slip and slide and you've got holes in your boat and you don't want to go far with it until this is solid. And, and how does it become solid? When David asks you how you're doing, you need, you need to say, this is how I'm doing. Because you know when God has spoken and it is very specific to you. No. You know when it's specific. You know when you said, God, please, would you break this wall that this sister has, this brother has against me? I mean, what, what is this 
theater that's played, a nice smile, but underneath it you feel the, the, the bile and the indifference. And you get on your knees, you talk to God and say, forgive me for thinking so much about me and forgive her. God help me to break through in this theater called community that must grow into an intimacy and a care more for the other than self. I mean, God's made this thing impossible. Prefer your brother. I whispered in somebody's ear, I want to prefer my brother today. And I said, you know, when I say that, it seems like a commercial jingling over the TV or something. But we want this to be real. Do we not? Have you seen the shortfall? Well, of course you have. And therefore, and please, there are two words that I wish would go over and over and over again for your sake. And one of them is imputed righteousness. That you would have a spiritual understanding that God has put capacity, spiritual substance in your account that will take you all the way of your calling into the fullness of God. The imputed righteousness. You know, ever given anybody something? or Anybody ever given you something that you thought, why, why did you give me that? You know. I mean, David is extraordinarily generous. He comes from home from a long trip, and he knows I like chocolate, and he brought me a chocolate bar. I thought, what a sacrifice. I'm kidding. But, but it's a big deal, you know. And I, I hope it doesn't pervert our relationship, you know, that, because, because, yeah, because gifts pervert judgment. But this one doesn't. And the enemy, again, the God of this world who writes the songs, who writes the songs that all the young girls sing. He writes the scripts. He writes the music that we, that he likes to engender and pile on us. You know, some of those oldies, if somebody wants to get me, they take me to the 50s and the 60s where I was dancing and, you know, uh, I think there's a spiritual song and I'll play it at somebody's wedding, I promise. Uh, this will be far too uh, formal and too many people here to do it, but there's a song called, You're Still the One, ta-da-ta-ta-ta. Well, <laughs> I like some of those songs that Satan has written. Okay? Anybody else? Don't lie to your children and tell them that hell and darkness can't be a wonderful experience. Yeah, it's short-lived. It dries up. It rots your gut. Doesn't do anything for your being. But it's a lie. Ugh, how could you ever do that? I mean, do you realize how, how, how dipstick we have been at times? Really. And I'm I was thankful I was a little older and I did a fairly good thing here. I mean, I'm not bragging, it's just 
I'd have been stupid not to get it. But we had people telling us, do you know what our children are doing? What children? Oh, the, the two, three, four-year-olds. And my God, please. Two and three and four-year-olds, they haven't a clue. Five and six, seven and eight, nine and ten. The teenagers don't know. They will know. But people wanted to make that some terrible, awful, oh my God, how can we live with this? It's what little children do. It's what juvenile delinquents do. Will we address it? Of course we will. Do we care? Do we pray? Of course we will. But we're, we're a people so full of theater at times and hiding behind some cellophane uh, costume that mercy and grace is one of the last things to come out of us. Let's get them. We're going to punish that. All right. It was imputed to him for righteousness because he trusted God. And hear this. Verse 23. Circle this. Get it. And and let, please read this aloud with me. Now it was not written for his, verse 23, Romans 4. Please, if you have your Bibles there. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. And this is a contingent statement that if, 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 if you and I can come to the place where we trust God. Well, it, it's an if. You don't grow if you don't trust God. You know, on some great getting up Monday, I get up and say, okay, God, it's your day, I'm telling you. I want to give myself to you. Whatever you have for me, I got it. And, and so I get something I don't like. You're going to have to forgive yourself for saying, I don't like it. I'm not going to do it. Okay? Uh, the book of, of, of Jonah. Jonah was really nasty. And God showed him that he... He was really fully omniscient, omnipresent, capacitated with building and having fish go where he said they should go. I mean, you want to talk about specificity and you want to talk about a hard-nosed, this great prophet of God that's referred to in the New Testament. I hope he came out okay. It, did, it didn't look good at the end. Because he was stomping his feet and saying, I have a right to be me and, and even to death. Would you say that was stubborn? You're the same person. Please, I don't want to be cruel. You've got to get a hold of that. Because there's some things that you will come to the end of the pier and say, I'm going back. I don't want to swim today. I'm not going that way. This is not for me. And God knew that. 
and the time had come. Well, some of you have already done it, and you, you did an about-face, and you went back, and you got out there, and you turned around again, and again. And, I, and your Heavenly Father, like the fathers that sit here this morning, with little girls, little boys, that absolutely shake their fist in rebellion, God knows when you're going to turn. And aren't you glad that he is patient? Have you seen fathers who have walked away shaking their head? I can't do it. I have. I, you know, my father had to be a, like a mafiosa to get me in any kind of line. I was so deathly afraid of him, but it, his, his ulterior and human strength didn't change my heart. But you have a God who won't stop. He'll stay with you. He can't lie. And that's where imputation comes in. Okay? And that's where the immutability of his promise. Let's look at, well, anyway, let's, so we can get out of here fairly soon, but, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered again for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Let me just make this recommendation. Read the next chapter Verse 5, and you will get the understanding that God himself, and I'll just glance at it, but, but it, it, it is a wonderful uh, finality to what God is doing because it says this. It says, therefore, justified by trust. When you trust, you were made you're, you're on your way, and that was given to you and to me at the beginning. It's not something you walk to. It's something that's there, though you may not respond uh, to it. You have access to God himself. And people still say, yeah? Who cares? They want the merry-go-round of the promises and the sure thing that God gave them, the, the prophecy, the praise, the gift, the understanding of the word, all of those things that were gifting and calling from God. When you, when you stand before God and you say, doesn't matter what's ahead. I want to trust you. I've loved my way. I've, I've loved my adventure and my designs far more than yours. You, you need to talk that way to your father. Because you won't, you won't talk that way to most people. You won't tell them. You may have one or two friends that you can talk that way to. But 
if you're a servant of God, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm, people, I don't think that uh, Abraham was on a health diet and had special vegetables. You know, I really don't. I think he trusted God. Now, I'm going to close here in uh, oh, let's do it right here with because uh, this is getting to be just a little lengthy for you. We'll look at this in Romans 5 quickly. The, the justification, you will not make progress. This is not a happy weather report right now as we close. You cannot make progress going forward. You can get information. I'm loaded with information. If, my, if the activity and the going forward was as uh, deep as my understanding and my information, I would be a glow. And so would some of you. You would definitely be a glow. But you cannot go forward. You cannot. Until you know that, you ha that God is never going to hold anything against you. Okay? And it says in verse 5, verse 1, Chapter 5, verse 1 of Romans. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. There's nothing greater than shalom. Good health. A peaceful thing. How are you doing? It is well with my soul. That man knew God. He had been through the trial. He was a man of God before and when he lost his, his wife and family, you know, all the things that happened to him, he was at peace. And, and I told you before, and I'm, I'm, I still don't have a hold of the peace enough to spend a lot of time on it. I know what it is. I've, I've had experiences on the corner and little parenthetical times. But I, one of these days I'll be able to preach it because I'm so far into it. But it's not a minor thing. But... We should have a certain element of peace, should we not? Because I have access to God. You know, if, if any of you have to stand before uh, guns and individuals who are going to hurt you, you should be able to laugh in their face if you have a rooted and grounded understanding that God is never going to do anything to you that will destroy you or separate you from Him. You may go through... Uh, prison, you may go through sickness. I mean, we've had people come out of cancer. The fact that, that my friend, uh, who is as silly as anybody I know with 51 hats, says, well, you know, if I go, I go. If he wants to take me, he can take me. I'd rather he did it on this side. I've told him I want to stay here, but, uh, you know, I don't get my way all the time. Do you know that? <laughs> okay. 
Some don't know they, they don't get their way all the time. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You're not saved by, you're saved by hope. And God gives you that surrounding. And not only so we glory in tribulation, but also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience. And the patience we're talking about is the capacity to stay under God when it looks like you should run or retreat. God help us. God help us in this. God help me. He, he concludes. <laughs> I mean, I am so thankful for some of my experiences. Some of them, Janelle, I look at and uh, I think, I've had some terrible sufferings and difficulty, but I wasn't in touch with God, so I can't, I don't know that I grew there, I'm still alive. But when you offer yourself and God puts you to a thoroughgoing test. Now remember, Abraham was put through a thoroughgoing test. It was his wife who said, get rid of this bondwoman and her son. And Abraham, I mean, he, he yielded because he knew she was right. You women, you need to stand up with men because sometimes they say, well, I'm the head of the house. No, Christ is, let's get that clear. And patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And if you look out some days and you see this family, and I, I wasn't really thrilled about coming home. There were so many disappointments in the California trip and all these prophets that I'd known who laid hands and, and were so filled with gifts. Some of them were divorced. Some of them, I called them pot-bellied prophets. Uh, um, and, but when we came across the river and saw the guys and saw the faces, God is building something that's so much greater than any of us can measure. We're not finished. Please, please, let's get that clear. We're not finished. And if we do the merry-go-round of we're just going to have a jolly, jolly time doing what we've always done, we don't grow. And we won't be ready when he quickens those who will be. God help us. God be with every one of you. He's a father who nurtures. He knows how dumb we are. He knows our limitation. So take a trip, even on your internet, and look at the ants. They don't get upset when things are messed up. I've never seen the ants call a meeting, and I used to watch them as a little kid. I was on my knees. I even burned some of their houses down and messed with them. And they were always together. Go to the ants. What you'll see is your you're a great number of the sons of God who are 
heirs, heirs of the world. Next time you fly over a city and are ready to land, you look out at the lights and you see the multitudes of people. Not all of them know your God. And your tests, my tests, are to bring me to a place where I care about the ugliest, the nastiest, the beasts of this world. And I, because the love of God has been shed abroad in, in my heart. And so bow your heads for a minute, please, everybody. Father, we thank you that we're beginning to see the glut of information as over against the, the reality of, of a true heart, a single mind that is seeking to love you more than ourselves. Uh, go with us today and help us in that. We know you will, but give us the desire that Paul had when he said that I may know him even as I am known. Amen.